0: is Actually, You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline with SystemsForSelfCare.com, where I teach you to consistently take daily action so you can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. I have my friend, Kirsten Kimura. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really great. I'm really excited to see you. So you were on the podcast a long time ago. Um, we know each other in person is again, one of these internet friends that you meet in real life. And- also know on the internet again. So um, how are things? (laughs) You've had a lot of
1: changes this past year. How are things going for you? Yes, yes. Uh, Things are going pretty well. Yeah, a couple of big changes last year. Um, The move was probably the biggest one. So we just moved, not just, but now five months ago, moved from California to Arizona. So getting used to that new area, new place, that's probably the biggest um, change. And yeah, trying to uh, keep everything normal and healthy over here. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So when you were in California, the last time you were on, you were a personal trainer or you were a group fitness coach at a gym, which, yeah. A little bit of both. Yeah. 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 And then you had the online business working, working that as well. So how, yeah. How has that transition been like working for yourself now?
1: Yes. Yes. Now it's totally for myself because when I left California, I didn't find a new gym here in Arizona where I could go work. Um, I was able to keep three of my personal training clients because before I moved we had already already transitioned to Zoom. So um I I continue working with them. But yes, I am not teaching boot camps anymore. I'm not doing pretty much anything in person at this point right now. And yes, now it's all online and it's mostly nutrition coaching at this point.
0: Which is a big shift too for you, because you were doing even online, you were doing H A. Mm. And now it's been a big shift. So tell me, how did that, like, where did those, how did that shift come? Like, I'm always interested in hearing people's careers too. Like, like it's, yeah, it has such a big impact on our lives and our like
1: well-being yeah, you're right. This is a big change. So yes, last time we talked, it was probably a couple of years ago, I think now. Um, I was working with women who had been overtraining and then under eating. And as a result of that, they had lost their period. So period is a really important thing to have every month for every mo- woman who is in a fertile age. Um, and so I work with a lot of those women, helping them to restore their their health in that sense. And then um after a little while... <laughs> How would I say it? I started feeling that this is not the only thing that I want to do for a couple of reasons. So one of the things was that it started to feel a little heavy to me because, you know, and I really feel for those women and I was in the same situation myself too, a while ago, but there was just so much worry and anxiety and like, oh my God, I'm going to gain weight. Is this going to ruin my health in some other ways? Um, like there was like a lot of this heaviness and I felt like I don't want to be surrounded by this anymore and it was time for me to move on and also the other thing was like um, very many people in these circles thought that you know weight loss is always bad or you know once you recover which will come with some weight gain that now there's absolutely nothing to do anymore and like you you have to be the way you are and all weight loss is always bad i started to hear these messages in those like body positivity communities and i think body positivity has done a lot of great things for us absolutely 100% but also I couldn't agree anymore with, with saying that, you know, it's always bad to lose weight, or everybody who loses weight is obsessed. And I was like, no, 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 this is not true either. So I just started feeling like I was almost like in one box and I wanted to get out of there because I I was seeing things more in a balanced way. Because, you know, I had been through the severe burnout myself where I completely overtrained myself, I was under all that. And then I sort of got on the other end of the spectrum where I was like, You know, food everywhere and all the time. And then I had actually gained weight that I was not comfortable anymore. And I was like, I want to do this in a healthy way. Now I really admitted that I want to lose some body fat and this is what I'm going to do. And it was like hard in the beginning and I got a lot of pushback because people like, well, you said that, you know, we shouldn't focus on calories, but I'm like, yes, but I also want to feel better in my body. So there is a way to to lose the body fat, get fitter, get fitter and get more like this athletic feel and look back. And this is what I really desired. And so I started thinking, how can I do this in a way that is sustainable and is healthy? And then this is what I did, and now I help others uh, do the same. And people that I work with don't have to be like people who have recovered from missing periods, not at all. Maybe I have some of them, but uh, but most of them actually are not.
0: Yeah, I see that a lot, where it's ugh, the black and white thinking, even like even about like health that there's so many people that are like, oh my gosh, you have to be 15% body fat to be acceptable. And then other people that are like, oh my gosh, you cannot think about your body at all. and that's healthy. Like really? Like those are the only two options. And like you said, like there can be balance. Like it doesn't have to be black and white. It can be something in between the two.
1: Yeah. So true. And I think all like very extreme thinking is always dangerous. Like, why do we have to almost like pick a side? You're either this or, or you're that. What if I want to be in between and find the balance that works for me? Mm-hmm.
0: So what, um when it comes to finding that balance, what did you find like worked for you? And also so that you didn't go back to being, to overtraining and under eating. Like, how did you manage that?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um I had learned I had heard about this macros. I was like, what are those macros? I mean, I knew what they mean. They're macronutrients, but I had always thought that that must be something like very extreme and all the tracking and because I was still a little bit in this old mindset that I don't know if I can do this. What if I'm going to like you said kind of go back to my old habits if I try to track something? But then I was like, you know what, I think I'm like mentally like in a really good place because for me, the time of healing and recovery was really the time to do my inner work too. And like become so much more like accepting of like how I am, who I am, even like throughout this time when I gained all this weight, I was still like, I accept myself. I like myself. Like I refuse to like get down on myself, like, you know, uh, be really mean to myself. I don't do that anymore. So I was like, you know what? I'm getting curious about macros. I'm going to see if this works for me. And if I can do this in a way that doesn't cause me any of those bad habits anymore. And so um, I had a friend, still have that friend, and she's also a macro coach. And I was like, hey, I would actually like to learn a little bit more about it. So are there any numbers that I should be looking at? And she's like, well, sure, let's, let's try how it goes. And then she uh, gave me, she did like a calculations for me. She was like, you should be eating a little bit more protein. And this is how much I think you should be eating. And the way she did it was really kind of soft and gentle. It wasn't like hardcore, like, okay, if you don't hit 150 grams of carbs, period, then you suck, right? So it wasn't that way at all. It was like very kind of gentle. Let's try. Let's see how you feel. If you feel super hungry all the time, we're just going to increase, you know, it, it was like very nice. And I was like, oh, I think I can do this. And so I started, I started paying a lot more attention to my protein first. And so I had like protein and cal- and calorie targets and I realized that I can do this and I never beat myself up if I wasn't like doing perfectly, because like I said, I had done with perfectionism I that I wasn't interested in that anymore at all. And so I, I learned that if you want to change something, you need to have like a roadmap because otherwise you're like, I'm trying, trying to drive somewhere, but I don't have a map. How the heck am I going to get there? Yeah. Um, because you know previously when I first got a little bit interested in macros I had heard on podcasts and things like sometimes people say yeah you know um, some people need more carbs and more fat or less fat and I was like what are those more and less I kind of need something a little more specific and so this is when I reached out to my friend and I found that it wasn't that hard to do it. It really depends so much on your mindset. Like if you get super obsessive with it, then it will be obsessive. If you're able to be relaxed about it and see what do I learn in this process, then it's absolutely doable. At least for me, it was.
0: Yeah. So I've still had people that come to me that in the past tracked calories and did 1200 or 1000. Can you be specific? Can you share a number what you were eating? Cause I know it wasn't
1: that. No, it was not. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just say everybody that this is not going to be your number very likely, right? So don't change right. right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah. But and also it's going to blow many people's minds who have been eating 1,200 calories. So my calories when I started my fat loss were, were 2,150, 2150 calories, which is not what you hear what most people do. And yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. You know, many of them have been eating 1,000 and 1,200. And now when they come to me now, they're like, I want to do this, but I want to do this better. What they find is like, I can do macros this time because this time I'm eating 1,800 or 1,900, 2,000. You're not putting me on, my, on like 1,200. I'm like, no, I will never do that.
0: Right. Because if you eat 1,200, yeah, you're. I mean, I've had people that ate 1,200, their hair is falling out. They're just low energy all the time. And they're not able to like have a good workout. Like working out becomes miserable because you have no energy in your body. But you were eating like around 2000 calories, a little over 2000 or a little under. And that's a lot of people like, but that number sounds way too big for people. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't be healthy.
1: Yeah, it does. Actually, uh, last week or two weeks ago, I did a post on Instagram and I said, that, okay, this is like a pretty broad statement, but I would say that most active women need about 2,000 calories to maintain, at least 2,000 calories to maintain their current weight. And then it's interesting, again, talking about like black and white and extremes, some people are like, no, you're so wrong because I have to eat like 1,200 to be able to lose anything. And then this other, but me, I need like 2,300. I'm like, okay, let's everybody calm down. It wasn't like one number that everybody should be following. I'm talking like- on average, if you're an active woman, I think this is what you need to maintain. If you want to cut, you may have to go lower. If you need to put on muscle, you may have to go higher. I don't track calories, but I do
0: sometimes look at, so I have my, like an Apple watch and, you know, obviously it's not the most accurate thing, but like you can look at the data, like you go on your phone and you look at the data and it'll show you how many calories did your body burn. Right. And so it usually says about like 2,400 to 2,800 calories a day that I'm burning. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm maintaining weight, that's probably how much food I'm eating, or I actually have lost some weight. So it's probably just a little bit under that, that I've been eating. Cause I haven't been eating 1200, but it's like, it's a very large number. But I think that so many people are used to eating 1000 calories and then binging and eating a shit ton of food. Cause they weren't able to maintain that, but they just have in their head that, that number.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes when people keep going this way, they don't even binge anymore. Their bodies just got so used to it that they feel like they don't even need anymore. They're like, but my body doesn't want it anymore. And I'm like, that's because you have slowed down your metabolism so bad that, you know, it's like in this constant deficit and it, it's like, it's almost like dead, you know, it doesn't have any signs that, hey, hey feed me. Or it can be, like you said, um, some people start binging. And this, Person happened to me like back in the day when I did my weight loss and loss night period in a very extreme way. Yes, yeah, so it was like binging every two weeks. It was like a hardcore binge party, and I haven't had those in years now, in so many years.
0: That's amazing. yeah when you like thinking back to where you were and thinking about where you are right now, like I, what would like that
1: like Kirsten have said about where you are now? Mm. Do you mean that very young version of me when I started like extreme weight loss and that? Okay. Yeah, definitely a couple of things that I would say, I would say, learn about nutrition. Don't just do stuff randomly. Uh, Because the most random advice, like, yeah, just cut your calories. Everybody just seems to know that. Yeah, less calories. But also, like, what are these calories made of? Because right now with my clients, I would I would rather say that I track macronutrients because he, each macronutrient has a role to play. So for for me, when I hear that somebody's like eating zero carbs or like zero fat or like very low protein, there's like all these are red flags. You have to know what what your calories are made of too. So I would definitely tell myself to like learn about nutrition, like actually learn about, it, not just take like random numbers out of the thin air and think that they should work for you. The other thing, and this is huge also, um, do resistance training. Don't only rely on cardio. Um, cardio can be fun. It can be cool. It's good for heart health, but actually also resistance training is good for heart, heart health. But if we're talking about um, why why muscle building is so important, I mean, muscle is the tissue of your health and longevity and you know, insulin sensitivity, which is very important for our normal or hormonal health. Um, building muscle is important. And I think most people should work out or lift weights or even do bodyweight training at least three days a week. And I wouldn't do chest running the way I did because what I did was really extreme. Um, I would work out fasted every morning, get up, my running shoes on, get out, and run a minimum of one hour, but oftentimes it would even two hours. Um, and then yeah, it was all fasted. And then I was also running marathons, so getting like as the time got closer to marathon, like my my distances got a little bit longer. So my Sunday runs could be something like three hours, three hours, 20 minutes. And I definitely was not feeling enough. Definitely was not. And, uh, you know, my my energy was, it yeah. was completely attacked. There was like none, non-existent. And I think you can get away with more stuff if you're that young. You know, I was like, that was like between like 21 to 25 years old. But then now, you know, 10 years later, 10 plus years later, you can't get away with stuff anymore. You just can't.
0: You must have just felt miserable or like accepted that miserable was just how you were going to feel. And like,
1: yeah, you know, when you are so obsessed with the way you look, you just, you just put that first and then the health is like, whatever, you know, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't. And also, you know, you don't start to feel like crap immediately. Because at first you actually get lighter, your body gets lighter and then the running speed gets a little bit better because it is easier to run the light if you're lighter to a certain mm-hmm. point, of course. Sure. Um, but, uh, but then, yeah, later I'm like, now I, I absolutely could not do this anymore. You can do this when you're younger, but now I'm like, my body starts like talking to me if I overdo it. Absolutely.
0: How would you describe your relationship
1: with exercise now? Mm-hmm with exercise, I I love exercise. So back then it was like something that I had to do. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't only that I, I, well, I really enjoyed certain parts of running too. I enjoyed, for example, like being outside the first person in the morning and enjoying the quiet and stillness and in, in nature. Like I never ran on a treadmill. I lived in Finland back in the day. It's like freaking cold. It's probably like it is for you in Chicago in the wintertime. It's very cold. Um, I was always out and I I loved that. It was beautiful beautiful, but it was always still like a chore. Like I knew I had to do this. It's almost like and I remember catching myself one time thinking, Oh my god, do I have to do this for the rest of my life if I want to like keep my body the way it is? And that was like, ah, why am I thinking this way? It probably means that I'm not enjoying it as much. And so now um definitely has shifted in that I take a lot more rest days if I need them. In fact, actually right now I my body's been really tired. And I'm last week I was on a vacation and I didn't, I didn't train there. And not because like exercise for me is like on or off thing, like, or I never work out when I, when I'm on a vacation, I actually do. But it was just the time when I felt like my body's tired and I know I have no issue like letting myself rest if this is what my body says. And so um, now it's like, yes, I, I do it. And I'm, I gotta say, like, I still, Sometimes I like working out so much that I can overdo it. I tend to do that and I have to really check myself and be like, okay, is this good amount or was this, did you overreach a little bit here? And I know that if I, you know, overreach like one workout, two workouts, three, three workouts do a little too much, then there's going to be a longer period of rest. And I try to avoid going that far, um, but it does take awareness that I never had before. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because sometimes it's like we might find ourselves falling into old patterns, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that you are broken or you're back at square one or nothing worked. It's just like, oh shoot, I'm doing that thing that I used to do again. Oh, I don't want to do that anymore because I know what'll happen if I keep doing that. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a rest day, you know, like,
1: Yeah. 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 And it's the really cool thing about, um, Strength training is also that when you get strong and when you put on good amount of muscle in your body and i 'm like talking about that all the time, then even if you take some time off, like nothing crazy is going to happen to your body, like if your metabolism is higher, which it will be if you lift weight consistently. Then taking two weeks, I don't even four weeks off, it's not going to look that dramatic in your body, if anything at all. You know, a lot of it might be like being your head like, oh my goodness, I like losing my muscle is gonna like fall off my body. It's not gonna be that way. If you have a solid background, if you have been consistent most of the time, then it will not happen. And of course, I'm not saying that anybody should just like, you know, be lazy and do nothing for four weeks. But I'm talking about like when you feel like you're getting to the point where you feel like a little burnt out or, you know, something's achy or I don't know, stuff happens. You can't be that consistent. If you have built that uh, foundation of like frequent, with frequent, frequent resistance training, then you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And muscle memory is a real thing when you come back
0: hmm What has, um, what has exercise looked like for you during the pandemic um, and being home? Like, how have you been taking care of yourself?
1: Yeah, actually, it's funny because a lot of people, for a lot of people, um, 2020 was when they got kind of out of shape because they're sitting home and eating all the goodies and we're not motivated. Maybe the gym was closed. Maybe they didn't have equipment. Uh, there's nowhere to buy equipment if you didn't have that.
0: I forgot I was, about that. Oh my God. Yes.
1: <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. There was a thing. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I could like sell some of the stuff, I would like make a lot of money. But uh, because I had been a personal trainer and I had a lot of equipment at home, I started using, I, I just used that. And I did really well. Actually, this was the time when I started my own macro tracking and because I started eating a lot more protein, I could literally feel the strength coming on. I was like, man, I'm strong. And so I was able to get to the point where my dumbbells that are each like 52 pounds, they're like, you know, they're like getting light for me. I'm like, oh, I should, I could really use some heavier weights now. But it wasn't there in the beginning of the the whole mess that happened last year. So I definitely, uh, I did I did about four strength workouts a week, about an hour each with, uh, with dumbbells for the most part. Uh, and then a lot of walking. I've always loved walking. At least I have, I do have my step goal. I, I like that. I like to have my 10k steps every day. Uh, you know, if there's a day when it doesn't happen for whatever reason, again, I don't obsess over it, but yeah, I would say like 99% of the time I do hit that. So this was it. That was it. Dumbbell strain, dumbbell training and then walking.
0: That's amazing. Like, and it's so simple. Um, I know that I've had a lot of listeners that struggled because, like, all of the races were canceled and the gyms were closed and whatever. And so, like, I'm not motivated. And it's like, um, it's just good to have these things that you can do by yourself at home. Because what if races are canceled again one day or your gym closes? Like, this could happen again. I don't like. It really could happen to any any way, but like being able to like, okay, well I have two feet and I have shoes. I can go for a walk today. Like I can do that.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's all right. And maybe it's harder for those people who, you know, did like maybe CrossFit or like other, like more like team thing where they couldn't see their people anymore, like boot camps or whatever. I I imagine it was probably harder for those people. But if you're like, I I consider myself, I'm like super introverted. I I don't hang out with a lot of people. I do so many things by myself. Uh, I've always lived it alone. This is my favorite thing. And so it was not an issue, actually. And now that I didn't, you know, I didn't have to drive to work. I worked more from home. So I would say like in the beginning of it, it was like, oh, cool. I have actually more time. So I did my workouts.
0: How else did you spend um, your time during the pandemic? What other the things did you take on for self care?
1: What did I start uh, for self care? Um, well, meditation has been a thing for me for a while already. Um, but one thing, one of the interesting thing that happened at the end of what was it, twenty twenty? Yes, um, I had kind of reached a point when you know I started my this side of my business, the nutrition side of business, in around October. And then in November, December I actually had taken on quite a few new clients, which was great. But also it was a lot of people at once. And I was like, I was getting kind of a little bit tired. I was also maybe a little bit insecure. I was like relatively new. I was like, oh my God, like, is this gonna go well? You know, you try to be there for every single client. Again, like this is like a little introvert thing to do. And then um and then we're also starting to plan our move. So we came to Phoenix to look at the you know, houses and apartments. It was like a lot of new things happened. And I just started getting those like weird like sleep issues, which sleep is actually for me, number one, that I just know uh, will go bad if I get overstressed and my nervous system is on, like on, on high alert all the time. So even though I was really grateful for all the clients, I was excited to move, it was still stress on the body. And so I remember one time, um, I went to a yoga studio. So actually my friend, uh, who worked at a place where I worked before, so she had like private, private yoga classes. And so I went to her class and she was like, Hey, what do you want to do today? She's always like very intuitive. So what does your body tell you? What do you feel? What do you, what do you want to do? And would you like to try some breath work at the end of the, the class? And so I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, let's try breath work. And holy cow, that was a really interesting experience, um, so she guided me through like how to breathe, what to do. And I just started crying like crazy. And it's just, it's almost felt like all the stress just like wanted to find the way out of my body. And I was just crying and crying and crying. And then I'm like, looking at the clock. Like, oh my goodness. Like we've been like over time already. And it's like, it's fine. Chill, let it out, let it out. She's just holding my hand. And then it was so magical. And so after that, I felt like a new person which kind of like some kind of cleanse or something. And so she asked me, do you know about Wim Hof? Um, and then Wim Hof, I don't know if you know who Wim Hof is. Okay. So he's a, a Dutch guy uh, who is known, he's known as the Iceman. So his thing is that he does, he takes ice cold baths. He takes ice cold showers and then he combines with breath work, not at the same time. they're two separate things. So breath work, and then ice um, showers or ice mm. cold baths. And so I went home and I googled him, and I was like, oh, he has this breath work technique, and I'm gonna start that. And so I started that regularly, and then I also started taking cold showers the way he explained and described in his videos. And I was like, oh my god! Like I, I remember thinking. I have a say in this. Like I can change myself without yeah. having to take anything, putting anything external into my body. Take a pill, or whatever. I can handle this. And I, every time I did the breath work, I just really felt like it's up to me. Like what what I do with myself. I felt like my intuition getting stronger. I just felt like I don't care as much what others think. It was more about me, you know. Um, and then this is how it started, the breath work and ice, uh, showers, ice cold showers. And then I, I, I was like, I'm going to do this 100 days straight. Let's see what yeah. happens. Um, this is what I did. And now it's been way past 100 days now. And, um, this is what I'm still doing.
0: Yeah. It gave you, so like these, they were tools that someone taught you that like gave you ownership over your life and like the stress that was happening and like the uncertainty and the anxiety and all those like anxious questions. And it's like, and it's not to say like, I always like to the caveat, like, it's not to say that it's not okay to go and get medication if that's what you need, but also there are things, there are tools that you can use and you kind of have to learn how to use it because the pill's not going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. It's not. But like, so this is just like gave you ownership over what was happening to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And It's very empowering to feel that. Like, I get to I get to decide how I respond to stress. I get to regulate my nervous system. Um, and yeah, of course, like you said, if somebody needs, you know, something else, cool. But I I always encourage people to try the most natural things first. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I now I can't think of this book, but it was so I. Oh, it was on Brene Brown's podcast, and she had these two women. Um, a book that they wrote on completing the stress cycle. And I can't remember what it's called, but they had like a list of things. And it was like, well, um, crying, <laughs> crying mm-hmm. completes the stress cycle, get like tears or sweating exercise, yes. but like breathing, but all of these things like calm yourself down and like let that stuff out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about regulating your nervous system. So if your nervous system is on a high alert, which can happen for many reasons, it can be physically, it can be overtraining. But it can also be mental. If you're somebody who's like worrying constantly, this is huge stress. This is so much stress. If you're always worried about what somebody else thinks of you, all these things, they're, they're like compounding. Um, you are going to feel extremely stressed out and you can always develop chronic pain in your body, which I also have experienced and on some levels still do. And I know exactly when it gets stronger again, I'm like, okay, more self-care, I have to do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you say cold showers, like... When you, like, are you hopping in a shower for 30 seconds or, like, you take a five-minute cold shower in in the morning, like, washing your hair? Like, what? Yeah. So, okay.
1: I can tell you how I started and what I'm doing now because I have graduated. Yeah. Well, that's good,
0: too. (laughs) A to B, not A to Z. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the way uh, Wim Hof recommends you start, and this is what I did, too, was that first you take your normal shower with normal temperature. And then at the end of it, you turn it to cold, as cold as you can. Uh, and then you just stand there for, you know, that the ideal is at least two minutes, but I know most people cannot do it first time. They're like, oh, okay, maybe like 15 seconds. I'm like, you're crazy. You're out of, my, out of your mind. I'm not going to do this anymore. Then they go back <laughs> and they try. And then, then it starts to, you know, get a little bit longer, longer, longer. And then when you get out of that shower, you're like, holy crap, I did this. You feel amazing because have been shown in studies that, um, yes, first you get like a huge stress response. And you may be thinking, okay, why do you want that? Because then you just tell that we have to regulate the nervous system, get rid of stress. But it's hormetic stress, which means that first you get a huge like like fluctuations, like stress hormones. And then about after 45 seconds, the happy hormones kick in. All the calming, the happiness, you know, um, all, all the good stuff. You literally start feeling like you are happy. You get out of the shower, like, whew, I like, I could do anything now. Plus you're proud of yourself that you did it. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's how I got started. Um, But then now what I've been doing lately is filling my bathtub with cold water. And then I put 16 pounds of ice in there and then I get in and then I sit there. Um, And then I do something that's called recycling. And okay. it basically means you get in for like two or three minutes, you get out and then you get in again. So I do it like twice and it's it is very cold it is very cold but what i've noticed uh, together with breath work is that um first of all i can drink coffee again which is so weird i coffee used to give me extreme jitters i could never drink it i would have like one decaf a week and that was my treat yeah i can have it if i wanted uh my sleep this is huge so i don't wake up at like 4 a.m anymore stay up which used to be a problem for years for me Mm -hmm. so I may have I may get up use the bathroom go back to sleep that's it wow Um, so and then generally just like the stress um, tolerance like how I respond to stress like you're so much more chill like ah all right that kind of sucks moving on you know whatever the situation was instead of just sitting there and thinking my head crazy like oh my goodness what did this person say how should I respond to that like overthinking spending like stupid amount of time on overreacting on things it's like Life is so much easier, honestly, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is how I this is how I do it right now.
0: So you do that? Do you do that in the morning, or is that like after you work out,
1: or what? Yeah. So for me, it's an evening thing. Evening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I actually. So I know that this uh, doing it very close to bedtime does not work for many people. Actually, just two weekends ago, I got uh, certified as a cold exposure coach myself. That's uh, so pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then our guide she she taught us that, um, like a lot of people, they can feel like very energized after that, so they can't go to sleep. But I have found that for me personally, it works. You know, I I get out of my ice bath and then I just warm up. You know, maybe with a cup of tea and some clothes on, and then like thirty minutes later, I'm in bed and I sleep well.
0: Wow. That's interesting. I mean, I do, like put cold water on at the end of my shower because I've heard that that was good for shiny hair. I don't know if that's true. Maybe I'll (laughs) try this out. But I like that. Like I'm big on gradual, like we need to do things gradually because that like actually helps us build the habit and like like the tolerance, like build the tolerance instead of trying to do it for five minutes and then not being able to do it and then saying like, well, I guess this isn't for me. I couldn't do it. It's like,
1: well, could you do it for 15 seconds? Like, could you start? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gradually in a way that uh, when you talk about cold that, yeah, you know, work your way up to, you know, from 10, 10 seconds to two minutes. So in that sense, it's yes, gradually, you know, there's many steps in between. But when it comes to like turning from hot water to cold, that I recommend you just go and do it. Go for it. Not mess with like ah, a little bit, a little bit, because that's just like, a, you know, it, it hurts more, I would say.
0: Yeah, we went to the pool on Sunday and the water was cold and I'm like trying to like get in. Paul's like, just jump in already. And I'm like, you're right. Just do it. And, and then yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, you got over it and it's done. Yeah. So we talked about food, we talked about movement, we talked about cold bath. Can you tell me a little bit more about meditation? You said that that is something that you've been doing. And it's something that I always share with clients. I just use Headspace because it's been like, again, like a really gradual thing for me to add on. What does meditation look like for you? And like, why did you start doing it?
1: Hmm. Um, Honestly, right now, I would say breath work kind of replaces or Ah. serves as my meditation. Uh, but sometimes I still do a little extra on top of that too, if I feel like it. Um, I think if you're like a beginner, then then it's definitely easier to do with, you know, guided. You can use, like I said, Headspace or I like Insight, insight Timer app. Um, but then if you are, you know, a little more advanced, you can do silent and, and don't imagine that you have to be like thought free. Who's ever thought free? Like nobody is. But even just, I think for some people, even taking the time to not do anything can be meditation right because who does that not too many people do that right we feel like we always have to be in the go 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 and and do things so um yeah if i use guided meditations i use insight timer uh it depends really what i want i i personally like like chakra alignment meditations a lot i like that Um, I, when I got started with Inside Timer, I had a favorite guide there. His name is Lou Redmond and he has this really interesting story. So you kind of like follow along and kind of picture yourself in these situations that he's telling you about. And then there's always kind of like, it evolves and it gets you to the place where you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can let go of that now. So I think he's really, he's really good. Um, but when did I get started? I think my first attempts were. 2014 when I got myself like a little tiny book how to meditate <laughs> and then since then it's been like on and off on and off but I would say like a really strong regular practice it has been since um, probably early 2019. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah I know I think that that's good to hear that it kind of like that it takes time to build this up and that like so seven years into it like that's where you're oh, yeah. at like just, I think I have a lot of people that think that they should be good at something right away. And if they're not good at it, that it's not for them.
1: But it's like the yeah. stuff takes time. Like it took oh, you yeah. five years to make it a regular practice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything takes time. And, you know, that's why it's uncomfortable. That's why it does take like, a, you know, building it into your routine. And of course, you don't want to do it because it's so much more comfortable to do something that you're already good at which is like, I don't know, scrolling Instagram or whatever it is, right? You know how to do it. It doesn't take any effort, but you also notice that it's keeping you stuck. You're not getting anywhere. If you do like the same stuff, like maybe it's like spending too much time on social media. What does it actually give you? Like watching the news or what does it actually give can I Can I be better with my time? hmm
0: Yeah um what there in the book the compound effect he talks about microwave mentality and we want to put something in a box and press three minutes and we want like Mm. being done like I'm all done with it yeah um and so like us dealing with something that's not passive like that and having to do a little bit of work it is uncomfortable but like Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah, it is it's it's kind of like with a cold too you know when I sometimes tell people that you should try this like because I I see how stressed out people are and the cold has been shown to really help with stress and anxiety. And actually even uh, with like a lot of inflammatory diseases, like um, arthritis, endometriosis, different cancers, they have shown that taking regular cold baths can reverse these things. And so now when I tell somebody that you should try it, they're like, oh yeah, cool. I, I believe that it works for you, but I hate the cold. I'm like, do you think that anybody loves the cold when they first get in the like, ice cold bath? I, I don't think so, right? So it is it is just like trying something else and being okay that it's hard at first because how else are you going to change anything that you're not happy with right now yeah definitely yeah well this is great is there
0: anything else you want to leave people with any messages people are coming out of the pandemic and still trying to like find their routines and take care of themselves Mm -hmm.
1: sure um like i said earlier too i would always encourage people to think like the most natural ways of making yourself feel better Uh, And like, you know, we mentioned earlier too, it's not a bad or wrong thing to take something. If you need to take something, yeah, cool. But have we, have we done our part before we like outsource these things? Like have we spent daily, you know, some time in nature? Are we exercising? It doesn't have to be like high intensity, go hard or go home type of thing. Some exercise, right? Are we doing that? Are we getting sunshine as much as possible? Are we eating mostly the food that comes from the earth? Like these are, these are all the things that everybody can do. Can we deep can we breathe deeper Um, so I would everybody I would like everybody to think about that first and actually just uh, put together a little guide that is like five steps that are completely free cost you zero money um, if you want to get started with with something like that I'm listing my five favorite things and they're mostly for people who um, tend to kind of get a little bit anxious uh, maybe feel like they're more introverted maybe feel like they have to push harder to be more like extroverts or be like super outgoing, but at the same time, it makes them feel like crap because that's not true, true to them. So uh, ways to to calm calm your nervous system down and feel like in your power again. So I, I do have this guide uh, that I just put together. Great. If anyone so, wants that.
0: Yeah. Where can they find that? I'll put it in the show notes, but where can they find it?
1: Yeah, uh, I can put it in the show notes, and it's it's going to be in my Instagram bio. It's Perfect. not there right this second, but I'm not sure. It'll be there by the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. And my Instagram, uh, I do have two accounts, uh, but for this particular freebie, it's going to High Vibes underscore Kirsten, so K E R S T E N. Cool.
0: I'll put the link to that Instagram and your um, other Instagram as well, so people can find you. Yeah. Sure. great well this is a great thanks for being on the podcast yeah thanks for having me